Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today, my friends, we've got a really special education segment for you, and this is going to be about the value of having strong legal counsel. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen new investors go into contracts and negotiations and do it unrepresented. Let me tell you something. There's things that you are missing. You are not skilled in the ways of the word and the pen when it comes to legal jargon. And I'm telling you, these things do matter. You have to pay attention. The devil is always in the details. And so we're going to jump into that with my next guest. And I think you're going to really, really like it. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. All right, we're back. So listen, we're getting ready to jump into some of the legal ramifications and why you want to have strong legal counsel. But before we do that, a couple quick five-star reviews on iTunes. I know I love it when you guys take the time to go on Apple iTunes and leave me that five-star review. It really does touch my heart. So the first one comes from Susan Rollins. She says, excellent content. What a treasure trove of information. Excellent interviews. Every episode teaches me something new. Thank you very much. Susan, I'm glad you like it. That's what we do. Next one comes from Shotswell2713. What a show. This is an excellent show. They have fantastic guests who are both knowledgeable and entertaining, as well as fantastic substance and interesting themes. I strongly advise. Well, listen, we're going to continue giving you guys nothing but meat and potatoes. That's what we do here. So I want to introduce my guest, Mr. Wayne Siegel. Wayne's been in the business for a long time on legal counsel, and uh, I'm going to let him just talk about his what he does and who he is. Wayne, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Corey. I'm so glad to be here. I'm super excited. We work together, it feels like daily, like we've got a lot of deals going on. Before we do that though, can you kind of just talk about your brief background and how you became into the position that you're in now? I will tell you. In fact, I know I'm on a podcast, I shouldn't be too honest, but I'll tell you, I've been a real estate lawyer now for about 27 years. And I remember, and don't think poorly of me, okay, but I heard you say this can be an entertaining show. When I interviewed at Dada Man, and I'm a managing partner now, they were interviewing for real estate attorneys. I had done, I had been a lawyer for about nine months, 10 months. I had done one deed in my entire life. I made it sound like it was the largest real estate transaction there ever was. And here I am 27 years later as a manager of the law firm in the real estate department. <laughs> 27 years, just a little bit, right? Just a little and bit. And so hence the word when I say strong legal counsel, it really pays because when you're looking for legal advice, Wayne, let's talk about, is all legal advice the same? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad we're starting that way. And what I would tell you is, 
and I tell all my clients this, there is a right lawyer for every transaction. And just because a lawyer says, yeah, I can handle it, doesn't mean he's the right lawyer for you or for that transaction. And it's really the good lawyers that I might get a call, I hear about the deal, the background, the location, whatever it is. And I say, you know what? I'm not your guy for this, but I know a guy. And so no, not all attorneys are created equal. And especially in real estate transactions and multifamily transactions, they're not your typical real estate transactions. And in those types of deals, you need an expert. You need someone who specializes in that, not a general practitioner that can do your will, can also do close on your house for you. You need someone a little bit more specialized. That's exactly where I want to go is that is the niche. Now, this is just a sliver of probably what you do, but like what you do for me as a multifamily operator is Wayne is in charge of doing red line contract negotiations, PSAs, puts together our contracts or reviews contracts that I send him from other legal counsel. They do red lines. He does loan documents. But more importantly, Wayne, so this is where I think good legal counsel. So there was a time, and I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig, Wayne. <laughs> so I used to be getting term sheets from lenders and I would kind of like, ah, I think I, this looks good and let's just approve it and sign off on that. And Wayne's like, dude, why are you doing that? <laughs> right? You need to let me start looking at these things because there's some language in here that you probably don't understand that probably could have been avoided. And let's talk about that transaction for a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's right. And that happens more times than you would think. I mean, you're using yourself as an example, but I can't tell you how many times I get clients and I get some really sophisticated clients also that send me the term sheet or send me the PA. I'm like, well, this is great, but I sure wish you would have sent it to me before you signed it because that's when the work is done. And in the transaction you're talking about, we had a term sheet from a lender, a very sophisticated lender was maybe seven pages or so. And there was one sentence in like paragraph four. And even I had to read it like twice to understand what they were saying. But what they were saying was that, and I'll simplify it. Instead of having a foreclose, if there's ever a problem with project, which is takes lenders time and money to do, and there's redemption periods, so borrowers had a, a chance to to redeem and to keep the property. Instead of that, we're going to do something else instead. You're going to pledge your whole interest in your company to the bank, and we can just step in your shoes and own the property and take it over in a day. That's an extreme remedy. It should never be in it. If you can avoid it, there's a place for it. But if you can avoid it, you want to. And we were able to. And in other transactions, we were not able to. And then what you end up doing is spending seven hours negotiating this one document to try to get as much protection as you can in there. And now you've wasted time and resources on something that you could have avoided in a 20 minute review two months before. Yeah, that term sheet. So like, because we like when we did win on this one, like we won on it in the very beginning and said, hey, listen, we're not even interested in this term sheet if this is in here. So if that's it, we're out. And that's when they're trying to earn your business, right? They've not gotten that deposit. When you start sending the bank fifty thousand, some of these banks are like seventy-five thousand dollar deposits on a bridge loan type of loan, and then they feel like they got you a little bit, right? And so it's way more. And really, that's I just feel like Wayne, you've saved my butt more times than I would care to tell everybody. 
But there's a difference between, and I've seen this more now than ever, of timely counsel, right? Talk about that a little bit, because I think you are probably made for this business, for this transactional, for the detailed stuff. I don't know this about you personally, but I feel like I know it. You're very detailed and you're organized. I am, and I think that is critical in this business because in a transactional-based practice, what you've got and what you as a businessman have are critical dates, right? If something doesn't, you've got until a certain date to review, and if you don't, you've waived your rights, you've accepted it. It's easy when you've got a lot of transactions going on to miss those dates. It's easy to get lost in the detail and lose the big picture. So you really need to manage a transaction. You need to understand your critical dates and you have to be immersed in the transaction. Yeah. And you have to have a partner who's going to do that with you. Yeah. And not only that, yes, exactly. And not only does Wayne, this is where I think good practitioners, they work with your team. So you work hand in hand with uh, Aaron Mole, my lender, right? Right. And his assistant, Leah. You guys are all helping, uh, like, do we have a survey? Do we have this? Here's what came back. Like right now we're working. I'm seeing the emails coming from uh, the fire codes inspection that we have on one of our properties that or we're going to have to figure out the remedy for that, right? Who's going to do it? Who's going to bring it up to code? We're not going to buy it with it not up to code. The lender's not going to fund it. And so we're going to have to, I already know that's something we're going to have to work through. We've not even talked about that, but I'm seeing it come up and I just know. And here's the best part. I know Wayne is involved in this whole piece. He'll work with not only he'll work with Aaron and we'll figure out the solution of how we're going to remedy it. And I can't tell you how important that legal counsel is for you in your transactional deals. And these are big transactions that we're doing. When you're doing these multifamily deals, they are bigger transactions. Let's talk about even like negotiation red lines. So Wayne, this is one of our favorite things that we do. And I feel like we win a lot of times, or at least we get... You said at one time is me knowing what I wanted, right? You want to talk to that a little bit? Right. So, you know, let's say we're reviewing a purchase agreement together for the first time, right? And these PAs can be pretty long. They can be very detailed and they will often have as exhibits every closing document you're going to have in the transaction. So really, you're doing all the work on day one. Closing the deal is pretty easy because you've done all the work up front. You've negotiated everything. And that kind of comes back to just don't sign the PA thinking, oh, you'll figure it out later. It's too late later, okay? What I really enjoy working with Corey and, and operators like Corey is I don't expect him, I don't think he wants to read a 70-page purchase agreement. It's not his business. It's not what he does. Just like I'm not going to go in and I'm not going to manage an apartment project. That's not what I do. So what I like to do there's all kinds of attorneys, okay? And there's a place for everyone in every kind of deal, but you need to have an attorney and partners that can get the deal closed. And that, and in order to do that, they have to really understand what the document says, because there's a lot there. Some of it seems, looks like it's really important, but it's really not as important. So I try, and Corey tries, to take a practical approach to the purchase agreements. I know the hot points, the business points, and then I'll explain, I'll mention them to Corey and he'll say, oh yeah, I want this, I don't want this, I don't care about this. And by doing that, we end up with a really well-tailored, tight purchase agreement that we know has addressed all of our concerns. 
and we're not guessing later on. And I know from working with Corey what's important to him and what comes up a lot. And yeah. so I know to focus on those when I'm doing my initial reviews. So I'll give you an example of what that means too. So like usually we have an LOI that says all our terms and everything's like that. Now, one of the things we do on PSA, because we don't want to put it on the LOIs, is introduce a 30-day extension period, right? And we also have this little thing that we do with business days, right? So we say business days in our LOIs. Why does that mean something? We're talking about timing. And being that I am a syndicator and what we teach is syndication, the more time you can have to raise your capital and put all the things together tends to be a better thing than not, right? Because they always go, it's always a race to the end every time. And every transaction, no matter what the timeline is, it always seems that way, Mm, right? (laughs) (laughs) Always. But one of the things we add is my 30-day extension. Now, Wayne already knows this. And then what happens is everybody strikes it out. But sometimes they don't. Right. Sometimes we pay for that extension. A lot of times we don't. Wayne, this is what Wayne does for me. Wayne goes in as my legal counsel and first he, you know, we just put it in there and it's for free. In other words, I give a written notice and we've done that twice now, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And this last one, we had to put an extra $100,000 to activate it. But two out of three is not bad. Two out of three is not, <laughs> and like those are wins for us, right? Because we know that that's something that he knows that that's what I want. And one of the things that we've worked well with and what he's saying is, I usually know the certain things, there's four or five things that are really important to me. And then what Wayne does, like normally happens, we have a purchase and sale agreement. Either Wayne drafts it initially and comes back, we send it to buyers or sellers legal. They come back and they redline it. And then we got to go, Wayne will say, okay, here's what they're countering on us. And sometimes like, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And we're just kind of going through the documents and Wayne's only giving me the high level things that really matter, that are material. And I think that's, because you can spend, like I've seen new people read these things and they get lost, like, oh my God, they're doing that? And and remember, we've gone through that together, right? Where you're educating younger, newer investors and they're reading the contracts. And I get an email of like 27 subparts. I'm like, well, there's only four that really matter. Right. And so then I have to coach him and be like, no, 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 this is what Wayne does. And that's why we have Wayne, right? That's why we have a Wayne in our lives because he's going to tell us what things are truly material. And the benefit of this too is Wayne's done more than just our transactions. He does lots of transactions, lots of these types of deals. So there's also some industry standards, right? right? And so you can tell real quickly, Wayne, when something's not to what we would call normal right? or slanted very hard in the other way. And transaction normals, they change, they shift. What is today's regular practice in a really hot market where the sellers are in control? Well, some there's some different- Non-refundable earnest money. Right, exactly. Who would have thought the kind of crazy money that we're putting down for non-refundable earnest money now? It's nuts, right? I hate it, I hate it every time. And it's like trying to negotiate that little piece has been a real juggler bowl, right? I'm selling a parcel, Corey, and this is a, a big transaction. But there was $5 million of non-refundable money, earnest money. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. I'm just happy that I was representing the seller on that. That's a lot of money to put down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the buyer could be just like breathe the wrong breath and all of a sudden he's out, right? I mean, yeah. like, 
And that's the risk that we're playing here too, is like to be competitive in a marketplace right now, will it eventually probably normalize out? Yeah, one day it will, right? Like it always does. It ebbs and flows, it's real estate. But what's constant is the process. The process ebbs and flows a little different ways, but you're always gonna need strong legal counsel to help and that's not, you should put find that person and you got to put them on your team immediately. Now, where do you find referrals for or find a Wayne? I'm, Wayne's going to be able to share his contact information if you're willing, Wayne, right? I'll give you a place where you can say, here, to go find my company, right, at the end. But I'll also tell you, like, who usually knows these people? I was introduced to Wayne from Aaron Mull, my legal or my lender, because usually good lenders understand good legal right? Someone that's clean and efficient and get stuff done. And that's a good place. Where do you think you would find a good referral for legal, Wayne? I think the best referrals come from people that you know. If you know someone in the business, reach out to them first. And they may not know, but they may know somebody. All of my business, it all comes from referrals. It's just having, it comes from relationships. Everything's relationship-based. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the business? Like what gives you, what juices you? Ha. What I love are the relationships. I love building relationships with folks. I love, to me, this will sound nerdy, but drafting a contract, to me, that's art. That's a hobby. It's what I do. I get the joy out of writing something in a really simple way that everyone can understand that works. That's fun for me. And it's fun watching my clients succeed. I love watching that. I mean, most of my relationships are relationships that started with one transaction and they build year after year after year. I've got clients 20 plus years now. And for me, that's what it's about. It's all about relationships and watching my clients have success. It is a fun game. And Wayne just said something that's really practical. And I think this is what I love. You said earlier, Wayne, is that you're not trying to be the deal killer. You're trying to be the deal maker and trying to make it practical. Right. A lot of times, and we've seen this when we deal with New York lawyers, not to bag New York lawyers, Mm -hmm. but they're all the same. (laughs) (laughs) Not not to bag them, but we're going (laughs) to. They will fight you on a comma, damn it. (laughs) Because a lot of times we have these lenders that use New York legal, and it's just the hardest thing. And it's like force feeding something through a hose, and it just takes so much work. It is more work for Wayne, and Wayne will do it. But Wayne just brings practicality in what he does. Speak to that, brother. I do think that's the key. And I think that when you're in this business long enough, you also get to establish relationships with other attorneys in your community, but also across the country if we do national work like we do. And I think that if you have the right attorney, even when you're working with that New York style attorney, and trust me, they're not limited to New York. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. <laughs> I got some down my hall. <laughs> <laughs> if you are an expert and know what you're doing and you can 
reach out to opposing counsel. You can establish relationships. You can get things done. Yeah. I mean, for example, needed an extension this week on something. And one of our other partners in the transaction, let me get you a letter from the lender for all the reasons why we'd like more time. And a lot of things happen outside of our control. And it was a great suggestion, really great. But I'm thinking, I don't think I need it because I built a relationship with this attorney. Let me just reach out to him. We're not going to bug the lender. We're not going to take the time. I talked to the guy an hour later. We had an extension. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But it's all about having that instinct of how to. And that's what the great ones do, Wayne. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I want to like. You can hear what this this is an art for Wayne. This is your like your Picasso, bro. And I love that about you because I think organized in that contract and it scares the bejesus out of me. And I don't think it's art at all. I think it's an F word, Mm. right? (laughs) But not for you, my friend. And I love that. that, But you still have, and this is what I think is very unique. You have a very, I don't know if it's left brain or right brain, but you have a very high level, detailed, oriented, perfect, organized work yet you are still, you have communication skills that are off the chart, right? That's a very unique skill set, by the way. Thank you. I'll just say that. It is important. There are deal makers and deal killers in this profession. And it's important to surround yourself with people that you know you can have relationships with, that you can connect to. You should never be afraid, for example, to call your lawyer because a lot of people are intimidated by lawyers, which is ridiculous but they are. And if you don't know something, ask. That's how I think clients can get in trouble. You're a businessman. You're not a lawyer. Right. So you've got to be open to not being afraid. Say, I don't understand this. I don't know what this means. And you have to have that partner, that attorney, your counselor, attorneys and counselors, who you're comfortable with having those conversations. Yeah. Because you can spend a lot of time in this business on things that are important and it just gets expensive. Yeah. Well, and I think you alluded to just in that last comment of just reaching out and calling the guy. It was funny that I did saw that email string and Aaron would say, hey, you know, like, because this is a big deal. And it was really, and I could tell this, and I think you take this approach in every deal that we do, is just to get to know the other side of the legal counsel. If there's a communication, they know you're a professional. You're representing a company that is professional. It's like, hey, listen, this is what came up. We had to pivot and this was, we had a lender that said they were going to do a deal and then the last minute they backed out. So now we had to go find a new lender and now we're running through and chasing, going through hoops really quick. And now our timeline got changed and so we needed an extension. And you were able to simply communicate that in a way, it's exactly, it's just professional. Yeah, and Corey, here's another example. I didn't mention this to you, but this came up yesterday, the day before one of our deals which was, again, because we had to pivot. We had a new environmental consultant on the transaction. They sent something to this, to our seller, said, can you, they wanted them to fill out an environmental questionnaire. Well, I've got a very sophisticated attorney on their side, but he's very, he's like, this is what the contract says. He's not going to do more than what the contract says, which is why you really have to be careful at the beginning because I knew he was that kind of guy. But here it was, he mentions, oh yeah, your environmental consultant gave us this questionnaire. You know, we're never going to sign that, right? And so... Seven minutes later, I'm like, come on, let's just get the deal closed. And we came with a compromise. We were able to incorporate, you know, look at the reps and warrants and the purchase agreement and incorporate them into the environmental questionnaire, 
right, where he could get comfortable and he could recommend his client sign it. But it would have been easy if he would have said, it's not in the contract, I'm not going to sign it. It would have been easy for me to say, you're right, it's not. Right. And, you know, spend more time and more resources and having more consultants go out to examine the property. But again, it's just knowing what it takes to get the transaction done and what it means. And at the end of the day, when you do it in that way and you've got somewhat responsive legal on the other side, and I think because we're talking about personalities, right? And there's some contract law, but there's always some give in every contract negotiations. Right. And, and yeah, that's the art of it. Yeah. And you never know when you're going to need something because you were going to. It's just a matter yeah. of when. Because that comes back to the other way too. Like when we're selling something, I always want to be that good seller saying, yeah, I'm amicable, right? I want, because I know how it feels on the other side because it doesn't help anybody if we want to close. Right. Right. It's easy to be combative in this business. Somehow we're trained or it's ingrained. I don't know what it is, but I always thought in a real estate transaction, isn't that a funny place to be combative? Really? It's dirt. Deal to do. (laughs) <laughs> you're trying to buy it or I'm trying to buy it and you're trying to sell it. Let's Right. Not that hard. And if everything goes well, we're never going to look at this contract again anyway. Right. And everything's forgotten. All bad ideas are solved when you close. <laughs> right. It's all beautiful at that right. point. <laughs> right. But people pick up on people. You know, I get it from my sellers all the time. They know that Corey is a practical, serious buyer. Therefore, they treat me differently. They treat me with more respect. They give me more latitude in the contract because they know Corey's a deal maker. We're going to get the deal done. Versus if they're not sure if you're the real deal or not, they're going to hold your feet to the fire a little bit more because they don't yeah. trust the relationship. They don't trust the transaction. Yeah, exactly. Wayne, so lots of little things. What's your favorite, besides just drafting the contract, what would you say when you look at mistakes that new investors probably tend to make? What do you see on that side? The biggest mistake is the first is what you alluded to earlier is coming to your professional too late, right? Just signing the contract without speaking to your lawyer first, without bringing your lender in early in the transactions. For new investors, I think it's critical that you partner with a lender that you trust, that you can develop a relationship with, that you can consult with, because whatever deal you make, it's got to be financeable. Right. Right? I mean... And so, I mean, I see that mistake often and sometimes new investors, and I get it, they try to cut their costs because attorneys, they charge you whether the deal closes or not, you know, you're getting charged by the hour. So they might try to do a little bit too much on their own, trying to save a dollar, but later on, it's going to cost them $20. So yeah, exactly. It's important to find that. Walking over dollars to pick up pennies, right? right? Right. I see it all the time. Yeah. Well, Wayne said he's not charging me for this hour, so that's good. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And if your lawyer charges you every time you call him, he's not the lawyer for you either. Uh, It's all about relationships. It really is. And I will tell you, that is the beautiful thing about what we have, Wayne, is I do have your cell phone. I rarely try to call you on outside of our normal, we'll call it work hours, but I know I can. And I know you'll pick up or you'll respond and you'll get back to me. And that is the relationship part of this business. And when it works and works really well, it's magical, right? And then everybody works together as a team. It's a very oiled machine. We all know expect what to expect from each partners. I don't go and introduce Wayne to 10 different lenders. I've got one lender that provides me all my loans. That's Aaron. 
And so now, and Aaron only knows he works with Wayne. So everybody, it's the same team every time. That helps with expectations and how everything works. And we get a nice flow. Right. Right. And then the only thing that's crazy is when you stack deals upon deals like I'm doing to Wayne right now, we've got three deals in a row. But the beauty of it, Wayne is organized. And so Wayne will call me when he's got action items like, hey, Corey, I need this. And it's very easy and simple for me to work in that scope, right? So I've got a lot of other things. I'm like a puppeteer, but I know Wayne's got his angle locked down. And when he needs something, he's like, hey, we got to have a call today, right? Boom. And I know when I call Corey that he's going to be responsive to me. Or if I see a third party asking for something, I know Corey's responding very quickly. And it's very impressive, but it's more importantly, it's so helpful because we're not asking questions or no one in the transaction, whether it's the attorney, the lender, the environmental consultant, the title company, they're not asking a question if they don't need the answer. (laughs) And waiting two, three days for an answer does not work in this business. Right, it's like pulling teeth. It's so frustrating when you have to wait like that. Yeah, so be responsive to your lenders, your legal, right? That's a key, takeaway for what you do and then have open communication be willing to talk and be willing to spend like i know that's a real piece it should never be a piece right you can't afford not to hire strong legal counsel in my opinion i've done it when i first started i maybe was that first guy not anymore my friends i've just know that there is so much immense value in hiring the right people to do this kind of work and if you're new to the business and you find the right guy it's so much fun. It is. I mean, it's fun being the new guy and learning the business. It's yeah. really fun being the guy with a little bit more experience and being able to navigate it with you. It's a blast. And it's yeah. a great. It's so much more than the deal. Yeah. It's just a really rich experience. Yeah. Well, listen, Wayne, I want to thank you for your time. I want to keep you much longer. I know you've got uh, contracts to look at and to <laughs> do some Picasso. Right. So thank you for your time. If people want to get a hold of you or find out more about your company, your law firm, how do they find you? I did give Jez my bio and everything. I don't know if you post that somewhere or not. It'll be in my show notes. Okay. So all of that is there. Okay. Of course, in the beautiful world of Google, my law firm, the name is Dada, D-A-W-D-A, man, M-A-N-N, Dada Man. You'll find our website. Perfect. Perfect. Guys, I'm going to tell you, wrap it up with this. Like, it really doesn't matter. In this business, I've seen it time and time again. Relationships are the key, right? One of the biggest key relationships you'll have is a lender. And next to that is your legal representation. I think those are one of the two key pieces of my business that have brought me to the next level. And so, Wayne, I'm super thankful for you for taking the time and coming on. For you guys listening right now, Real estate is a crazy, crazy world. There's ups and downs. There's highs and lows. Sometimes you get great wins. Sometimes you lose them. It all is part of the recipe of success, being willing to fail. But before you can get to that level, you've got to take time, put it in your mind that you got to believe that you're ready to do it. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.